we're all human. We all make mistakes. I'm going to make more mistakes in the future, like everyone else. But I think that, you know, admitting that with the, the team, when you had team is more likely to come to you when they make a mistake, when they know that you're willing to admit, oh, hey, I, I dropped the ball on this one, or that was my mistake. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders. I am super excited to bring you Vance Long. He is the managing principal of the Skane Group. And over the last 25 years, Vance has provided clients with solutions for secure communications, digital privacy, and security, and executive protection, and high-value collection protection, and pretty much anything else that you can possibly imagine that can help keep you more safe and more secure. I'm going to be full straight up honest. And I just told Vance this too. I really don't know that much about cybersecurity or personal protection. And I'm looking forward to learning as much from him as you are. So Vance, welcome to the show. And like, how did you get into this? Well, first off, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I'm looking, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a little while now. I got into it through my, I was working in physical executive protection for about 10 years, and we really saw a converging of physical and digital security and that they can't almost be separated in the conversation anymore and started to focus more on the digital side because it's great to be able to protect someone in a physical space, but it's also nice if you know their home address isn't exposed online or other things of that nature. So really started to kind of target that for originally corporate and high net worth individuals, public officials, public office holders, and have started moving out and realizing that entrepreneurs need it as well. So it's it's been an has been an interesting process actually. Yeah. And what gave you like I guess this is what I'm really curious about is like not everybody decides to do personal protection or executive protection. Oh well I kind of got into that by mistake or accident actually. <laughs> Um, I spent several years in the bar business and doing security and managing. And I was in New York and I had gotten a a security card to be licensed uh, and I was covering shifts. And I had a a friend call me and say, oh, hey, look, you know, fashion week is coming up and we we really need someone to help out. I was like, "Ah, you know, that's not what I do. And he's like, I just need somebody that that can help. You've got a suit and you've got a license. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. And I, I was like, okay, kind of reluctantly. And I did. And at the uh, you know, the end of the week, I was working with a, a detail leader. And he said, we'd like to bring you on full time. And I was like, well, you know, this still isn't really my skill set. He goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm retired Secret Service. We can we could sort that out. I was like, oh, okay. And it just kind of, it just kind of happened. Uh-huh. It wasn't anything really planned. Accidental introduction to the whole industry, really. 
Yeah, and then and then you take off, and then you find yourself in a, in a different level of security because you know in the bars you're more of an event or public facing, and now you're in you know large crowds, and now you're in a small group with a few individuals, maybe a couple of other team members, uh, or just by yourself, and you're you're traveling with that person almost everywhere. You're in the car, you're in the in the hotel, you're in when they're eating. It's 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 really more intimate in a way because you're really with that one person or couple of people all the time. And it really puts you in a different perspective because now you're, a lot of people don't get that kind of access to like the executive suite and all you're here. And that can be very interesting as well. Well, and I would presume that you're, I mean, one, seeing them in their non-public face, but you're also overhearing conversations. There's a, some, I guess, contrast in maintaining presence and being invisible at the same time. Knowing when to talk, when not to talk, when to listen, when not to listen. There was one group that I remember working with, and we're at the at a dinner with the executive team and and their career coach. So you're you're literally a fly on the wall with the professional coach that's come in to to deal with help all the executives. And that was that was a really interesting moment to just because you're not speaking in that conversation. You're very very fortunate to be there, and you literally just listen. And, and kind of absorb it. And also you see them not just in their natural environment, but because you're kind of invisible in a sense, they don't change their behavior when you come in the room. You see them for kind of who they really are as opposed to how everybody else in the company sees them in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's also interesting. I, I remember there was a there was one meeting, like you're hearing things, you talk about that as we have in our industry and even in our, in our company specifically, I sat down with the attorney to, to, to craft a very specific non-disclosure agreement because in, in executive protection, we have some of the strictest NDAs in the business. Like, And the best example of that was we were at one corporate meeting and the, they were clearing all of the company employees out except for the executives and, and some franchisees. And, and they asked the you know, in-house counsel if they wanted the EP guys to be taken out of the room. And, and his response was, these guys know more about me than my priest does. They can stay. So yeah. yeah, you do get a lot of access. Yeah. How did you transition into cybersecurity from personal protection? Um, well, we started looking at with the executives, you've got with the, the, the crossover from digital and physical. So you've got I mean, people can even go to like the New York Times and see the, the privacy project where they talk about tracking cell phones and, and how, how all the advertising and marketing data can be used to create a map of where our cell phone goes throughout the day and over longer periods of time. So we looked at from executive protection, how do we how do we kind of anonymize that cell phone to protect the executive? Because that, that can give away information like, oh hey, you know, I'm, maybe I'm a small company, but if you if you do have my phone, you can say, well, he's meeting with this, you know, this investment group, or they're meeting with this real estate group, and maybe pull business uh, intelligence from where your phone goes and where you're at. So we started looking at that. We started looking at executives who had people showing up at their house. We had one executive where. Um, Someone showed up at their on their property. No, nothing nefarious. They just wanted them to speak to their. There was a business student that wanted them to speak to one of their classes, but he's like, "This person shouldn't just be walking around my house at two o'clock in the afternoon." So we looked at the the privacy of the residences and how because most property owners are public record now and online, so it's easy to find the owners. You know, if you type in your name at your local county, you probably get your home address. So we looked at things like that and and kind of started to, we would do like a background search to see what information is available and then go through and start removing information from online areas. So it kind of spiraled with some small things and started to grow a lot bigger. And then, and you've transitioned or added in, I guess, really helping entrepreneurs and business owners with their security so that they're less likely to be hacked. 
with also with not just so we do some a couple of basic courses with with entrepreneurs where we teach them everything from what we call digital hygiene, password management, multi-factor authentication, and some very basic social engineering discussions so that they understand about the technique, what are the spear phishing tactics and all these things that we hear, but we don't like, oh, I don't know what that is, but I know it's bad. So we kind of work with them on how to secure just the general digital hygiene of their business. And then with certain industries who have more with ransomware and stuff, we've worked with them to help just secure their, uh, their, their machines and even encrypt hard drives and USB storage for intellectual property data as well too. So it can go from very basic password management to full encryption and we're protecting everything. So we don't have a, you know, in case a ransomware attack happens. Okay. Two questions. What do you see as the biggest threat for like overall top level here, but overall for business owners and what is the biggest where are business owners ignoring where they can make simple changes to improve their security? Because it's not something I think about other than I know I'm supposed to have you know, decent passwords. Yeah. Well, we see as entrepreneurs, one of the things we see is as we've left whatever position we had, we're like, well, we need to spool this up. We have to get our sales going. We have to get our you know, referrals coming in. We, you know, who's doing our accounting and and do we have everything else going on? And a lot of times we overlook some basic hygiene, digital hygiene issues, like, like you were saying, like passwords. So we recommend Password Manager, which allows you to create, a, one of my accounts has a 256 character password just because it took it. You can change your password with the click of a button, which is, because security is always inconvenient by nature. So one of the things we've tried to do within our entrepreneurs is make it convenient. So we'll use the password manager. So we have them all in one place. Now we're not typing out our passwords. We're just kind of copying and pasting. And also just the multi-factor authentication using a software token or a hardware token to, in addition to that password, to help secure those accounts. Those are really the first two things that we have that and just updating machines on a regular basis. Like when you see the Windows blue screen, it's just circling to don't try to try to shut that off. Make sure that all your applications have been updated on a regular basis because those manufacturers push out security patches for vulnerabilities that they know about. And, you know, just those three things can make a massive deal for entrepreneurs just on their own. Okay, cool. And I'm curious too, because I presume that like, you get called on a regular basis, whether it's personal protection or the cybersecurity, where like something's happened. It's, most people are reactive in the situation and not proactive. Is that true? Oh yeah, it's, we always say you know, we're we're not the Ferrari dealership. Nobody comes to us because they want to. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that we had to do when I set the company up was you know, our main value for the company is is the you know, we we lead with compassion because when people come to us, they come to us because of they've got a concern or they're outright afraid of something. And if we're not compassionate, we can't really fully address what that concern is. So yeah, we do get a lot of reaction. Like with talking with doctors, we'll say, you know, it's like preventative medicine. If we can do it now, it's better than after the fact. But a lot of people, unfortunately, are coming in after the fact and saying, oh, this happened. What can we do to put in place now? And sometimes that's that, that's obviously a more difficult situation. But a lot of the stuff that we're doing is very easy to, to implement. And for entrepreneurs, it's really nice because the, the applications and the programs that we use, the vast majority of them are open source. They're vetted by a third-party company for security reasons. So they, there's no fee for the for the software. It's, it's literally just, oh, hey, I need to know how to implement Right, right. What is it like for you? Because particularly, I would think with people coming in and like everything's on fire for them, whether it is really or not, but like they're upset, like that's a lot of energy directed at you. 
How do you deal with that on a day-to-day basis? Well, interestingly enough, I think coming out of the bar business actually really prepared me for that because everything is, oh my God, this is happening right now. And I think the best thing to do is to, is to start from a calm place and sit down and say, you know, when they come to you and, and they're like, oh, this, and you know, one of the things we don't do as a company is, is have like inflammatory marketing or inflammatory, oh yes, this is a clickbait type of, oh, this is the problem. We want to address issues that are, and mitigations from a very, very calm place because everybody comes to us, like you said, oh gosh, I'm, I'm freaking out. And the first thing you have to lead with is, the, is kind of a calm demeanor. Okay, well, sit down, tell me what's going on, you know, take a breath. And let's start from the beginning. And that's the first thing that you have to do is, is kind of is break the state. I think that's that's really the best way to put it is like you're you're upset or you're frustrated or you're free. It's like, hey, sit down. Let's take a breath and start from scratch. Tell me exactly what happened. And I think that's the best way to really start it off. Okay. Yeah, I like that too, because it's really like for them to be able to think rationally and start being proactive, they've got to go from 100 to at least five, if not zero. Yeah. Let yourself calm a little bit and say, okay. Let me think. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, you know, take a pause. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Are there practices that you have that you do daily, weekly, et cetera, to help kind of mitigate their stress so that you're not taking it home with you? Well, for me, yes. And that's one of the things with like in executive protection, you're kind of like, you're always in, in physical executive protection. You're always looking like you're on to use a better word, like the entire time. It could be a 16 hour day and you're, the door opens and you're turning to look to see who's coming through. You're always watching. So back then in, in the bar too, the bar can be, you're, you're overwhelmed with loud music and you've got 1200 people in there and it's like, oh, what's going on? And it, it can be very overwhelming. So having to take time for yourself and quiet time. Some even it sounds, you know, a lot of people are like, well, it's meditation's gotten really popular, but it's really helpful to just try to quiet your mind and, and get some space from it. You do have to be very stress management is key in security because if somebody's already stressed when they come to you and you allow that stress to, to feed, it just makes it worse for everybody. So, yeah, you do have to, you know, it, it could be something simple as like, for me, like if I'm working out at a, at a, with a client on site, maybe I get there a little bit early and have coffee in a quiet place for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of little things, I think, are the best way to do that. Yeah. I can't imagine, too, from a physical protection standpoint, like you're taking in a lot of data visually and auditorily and being on guard for 16 hours. Well, I think it's exhausting. And, you know, I've had issues like I was talking with executives about bringing in in like uh, female executive protection agents. And, and they, you know, sometimes men kind of get the eye roll and they're like, oh, yeah, well. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like when you talk about reading the room and the threat assessment of a room, men are kind of coming late in the game because I'll ask a, a woman executive, I was like, when is the last time you went to meet a friend for drinks and didn't do a threat assessment of the room? Oh, right. Like I was not old enough to drink at that point, you know? So I think my assumption is that there are, there are a lot of women in the world that actually are more familiar with this than many men are because it's like, oh, anytime I go out to meet friends, I'm like, oh, is there a crazy man over there? Oh, let's stay away from that guy. Whether you're going to get coffee or going to get a sandwich, and you know, I think it's it's very exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot to take in. I would agree. Like, I think I do it very intuitively now, and not so much from threat, but like, how does the whole space feel? And I think that's that's the other thing is I see that with women agents, they they just read it, and men are having to consciously go, oh, let me look around and see what's going on. And a woman will walk in the room and be like, yeah, we're going to that table over. Like mm-hmm. it's running in the background all the time. And yeah. then have to actually turn the switch on and go, oh, let me look around. Yeah. Very interesting. With entrepreneurs in the cybersecurity, 
we talked about the passwords and being able to you know, move through that and change that pretty easily with open source software. What's the next level there? Uh, the next level we do is we will go through and we'll start with that. And then we'll uh-huh. go through and secure the web browser and the machine. So there's a, a few add-ons that we'll use to, to limit some tracking and, and different things on the web browser. We can go through and, and use a system to make every web browser in a company exactly the same. The same bookmarks, the same add-ons and everything. And then we, we, the other thing we do is we recommend that like if you're any account you're working on or any machine you're working on, you should have your daily machine should be like a user without administrator privileges. And then if you need to modify and upgrade your software, then you switch to the administrator account. But that way, if you do get a link that clicks on or you open an email that had an attachment that you weren't necessarily by accident, um, it, it doesn't have the ability sometimes to install that software on that computer. So we'll do that. So we'll go through, we'll start with the passwords, then we'll move to machines in the web browsers. We'll also do mobile devices, phones, Mm -hmm. tablets, and then we'll go through and look at, you know, encrypting the hard drives and USB drives. So we'll use, for us, we use an encrypted USB drive because we don't store anything on our machines. Twofold, one, if the machine breaks down, you can go to IT and be like, just give me another one. And then plug your USB drive in and you go. There's no rush there. But also if I'm traveling, I can work at the business center in the hotel if I needed to in an emergency okay. situation. And if that USB gets lost, it's encrypted. So there's no real concern about the IP data that's on it at this point. So let me ask you this, because like my essentially my entire business is on the cloud. Mm-hmm. Is that safer than having everything on my hard drive outside of oh. My computer could die and I would lose everything if it's not backed up somewhere. We also do talk about regular backups and we'll do it. We also have like an encrypted cloud that we use, but we also do have a local like like the next like we have. a. So one of the things I do is I start with like a little security notebook when we first start the training, like one of those little pocket size notebooks that you get that. The grocery store or the dollar store, office depot doesn't, you know, we kind of make track, make notes of like stuff. And then we keep that in like a fireproof, fireproof, so somewhere it's inconvenient to get to. Uh, and then we also recommend taking like a, uh, I have, so for me, I have the notebook and then I have an external hard drive. And then once a week, I just pull that external hard drive out. I back up everything and I put it back away. And like those are stored in like a fireproof safe in the house in case we had to leave or something of that nature. They're not convenient to get to, but I can back up my computer should something happen if I have to start from scratch. Okay. I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not, and that's the other thing is everybody is different. So like what works for me yeah, from that standpoint, I mean, like, I'm just not, like, it hadn't crossed my mind. Like, I'm like I've got it on the, the cloud. It's all good. It's not going away, which yeah, is not and, true, really. And we do talk about redundancies and stuff with, so, like, when we use our secure messenger apps and video conferencing, when we'll set up a phone or that with clients, we'll set up a redundant one. So, you have this one and you have another one. So, like, for example, this week, when on Monday, when Facebook went black for six hours, you know, services... Yeah go away you know and if your ba- if your business is based on like a facebook messenger that's a problem for you yeah so. i was actually thinking about a lot of the facebook groups that are run like their entire business through that and they were basically cut off for 6 hours and and that's revenue loss at, at yeah. some point a potential new clients loss or you know, it's scalable. So yeah, we, like when we set up our communications, we can do, we can set up an encrypt, you know, encrypted email that's safe to use even for certain standards and the encrypted voice and video and text messaging. You know, also these apps are, are free. They don't, you know, they don't, they're also third-party vetted as well. So, but redundancies as well, you, you have this one. Well, this one's down, we'll switch over and use this one today. Got it. 
the listener who's taking this information in and hearing some of it newly or for the first time and they're like, oh, I need to do something. I need a crash course on how to handle this. Where could get they get started? That is a big question because A, you, you, you type it on Google and you're like, oh gosh, I don't know where to go. We actually do two different courses. We do one little introduction course that's that's like 75 minutes. And then we do a four-hour session, which covers oh, wow. everything we talked about. The 75-minute one basically covers the password management, multi-factor authentication, and the um, and the social engineering. The four hours, they're, and they're both individual sessions. It's one-on-one. It could be done remotely whenever your schedule is. The four-hour one is a little misleading because we actually do five because we do an intro discovery call where we talk about everything that we're using and your business and what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go. And then we sit down and do the first session with the, the basic intro. And then we do the devices and your computers and your phone and the encryption and go from there. That's something we could find on our website. Well, we'll get that in the show notes too. We'll get that linked up for you as well. So I would highly encourage people to do that. I think it's really important to just survey like your process and your systems with everything that you're doing. And particularly if you hadn't really thought about security and cybersecurity before, it's great to just have at least a little more knowledge so you can make smart decisions. Well, yeah, we're seeing obviously more and more of it. And we're, like I said, we're spending so much time focusing on building our our businesses that a lot of times we forget to do a little bit of security to the businesses. But we're also, for those entrepreneurs who are working as vendors and stuff, we're starting to see on bids, people asking questions, what is your password management policy? Has your company implemented two-factor authentication? So if you get into a bid policy, having these in place, they could put you ahead of some of the other competitors because implementing these will put you in, in, in ahead of 90% of businesses in the U.S., small, medium, or large. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I want to shift directions a little bit okay. and just dive into, like, out of everything that you've learned about growing your business from a leadership perspective, what's the biggest takeaway for you? Or is it something outside of business for that matter? Leadership has always been, has been something I've, I resisted for many years. Even (laughs) when I was young, I found myself being put in like a leadership role and I was like, I don't want to do that. And then finally I was like, even, even on jobs where I wasn't the supervisor, people would turn and not look to me when questions were asked. And I was like, that's not my job. And I finally embraced it. But I did so in a very different way. When it comes to leadership, people who work with me in the bar will remember this. Like, I have a tendency to ask. You know, unless time is is very limited, I never tell. I'm like, oh, do you mind doing even even phrase it's the Jeopardy phrase it in the form of a question. Oh, do you mind doing this for me? Oh, can you do this for me? Unless we're I'm trying to be we're we're slammed. I'm like, oh, I go do this. I tend to lead in a very very subtle way in a lot of ways. Also, I've also back then I I very beginning with leaders like I never. Somebody asked me one time why I was why I was in charge. I was like, because I can do every dirty job here better than everybody else. And I'm willing to. Like, if the trash needs to go out and I'm there, I, I would take the trash out. Uh, right. You know, this dishes need to be washed in the bar. I'll jump behind the bar and start washing dishes. And I think leading in that example form is really one of the best ones when they're like, people tend to be willing to do more because they're like, well, I just saw Vance jump behind the bar and start washing dishes. Well, I'm not too good to do the same thing. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. Like, I think... And I, and I think it goes across like multitude, multiple areas from parenting to business building to just making an impact in the world where if you're unwilling to do the nitty gritty, why would anybody else step up and do that? And you've got to do what you want other people to do. But and I, I think that for me, like I was always, you know, I, was, I also went by the tenet of 
you know, you 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 praise in public and you reprimand in private. And many years ago, I, I was in a situation, and I that was my rule. And I was in a, a, a stressful situation, and I I reprimanded someone in front of everybody in a very public way, and um, then decided later that apology was due to that to that employee. And it was like, well, you can talk to him in private. And I was like, no, we need to have a full staff meeting because I did this in public. I need to make amends in public. Like, so I did. And I stepped up and and, and had the meeting and was like, I needed, you know, before we get started, I want everybody to know that I owe so-and-so an apology for, for the other night. I was like, if you weren't here, you heard about it. And then I stepped over and apologized in person because that was the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. I think that even when you're not, when you're, when you're wrong, if you do the right thing, to make you know it, that that's also a, a really good sign of leadership as well. I agree because we don't know everything. We're gonna mess up. We're all human and we make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. So I I love that that's how you're living and leading is really by example and and I think it takes a lot of courage to admit when you're wrong too and to particularly do it. I mean, it's easier to do it one on one to be able to step in just as you said and do that publicly like that. That's a lot. Well, that's what I said at the time. Was like, had I made my mistake in private, I could make amends in private. But I made my mistake in public, so yeah. my amends need to be public. And and I think that's another thing as a leader too. Like when you do, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I'm going to make more mistakes in the future, like everyone else. But I think that you know, admitting that with the, the team, when you had team, is more likely to come to you when they make a mistake, when they know that you're willing to admit, oh hey, I I dropped the ball on this one, or that was my mistake. Yeah, absolutely. Vance, this has been amazing. I feel like we've covered an enormous amount of topics in a really short period of time. And I mean, I love everything that you're sharing. I want to urge everybody to check out your training. I think it's something, it's it's like talking about money. Like it's great to be proactive. And now's a great time that now that everybody who's listening to this has this information to start thinking about their security differently, even if you're not worried about having something happen. Right. Just it's a smart decision piece. Um, well, I think that it's it, we're seeing an increase over time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the other thing is maybe you're getting out started and you're like, well, I don't need to do. Well, like you're saying, oh, I haven't thought about that. But also maybe I'm like, I'm just getting started. Maybe if I just start with the basics of my digital hygiene and say, oh, let's just implement this now so that I bring people on. And then we can expand that later. I think that's the other thing, too, is just do something. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm going to wrap up with that. Do something. <laughs> Vance, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Well, thank you. I've had a great time. And I'd love to, if you ever have any more questions, please reach out or any topics you want to discuss in the future. I'd be happy to do that too. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.